Isn't it wonderful to support a conservative, God-fearing company that also provides a great product and there's not much like a good cup of coffee? Frankly, most coffee companies have gone woke and have tried to rewrite our history and some have even lobbied to defund our military. First Cup Coffee is a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company out of the great state of Texas. They have 11 different roasts and each one is named after a specific piece of American history. One of my favorites is the Carver, named after George Washington Carver. They don't sell burnt coffee like Starbucks. They're shipped within days of being roasted. Uh, ditch the grocery store coffee that's been sitting on the shelves for up to two years. Go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll actually give you another 10% off on top of that. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. I want to thank you so much for joining us on this special edition of the End Time Show. I know that most of you are wondering what is going on with the End Time Tour that Dave and Jana Robbins took to Israel. Well, we're still here and we're going to remain here until Sunday morning and then we're going to fly out of here by God's grace. Now, what happened while we were here we started off the first day up on the goal, up on the uh, Mount of Olives. We came down the Palm Sunday Highway. We went through uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. We saw the Eastern Gate. We walked down through the Kidron Valley where the Battle of Armageddon is going to culminate. We walked by the Pool of Siloam and then we went out to Bethlehem and the Shepherd's Fields. Just a normal day of touring. Well then, the next day we decided to get up and we had it on our schedule to go down to Masada, to go to Qumran, have lunch, to go to the Dead Sea, and then we were gonna start hitting the Holy Basin with the, uh, the Temple Mount and the, the Southern Steps and the, the Wailing Wall and to go to the Upper Room and many different things. However, when we got up to the top of Masada, we heard two big booms. And I thought, what in the world was that? Well, it sounded like a very loud crack of thunder. And well, we found out later that there, that was the Iron Dome intercepting missiles that were coming in from Gaza. And of course, you know, if you follow the news at all, that it has greatly escalated. Well, what happened was the Hamas terrorist group, which is an Iran ter Iranian terrorist proxy, they broke through the border fence down there in Gaza and they were coming through by the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. They were coming through on motorcycles, paragliders. They even had rubber boats that came in by sea. So air, land, and sea, they were coming in and they were kidnapping Israeli soldiers. They were kidnapping civilians and they began slaughtering civilians. Going up, knocking on doors, pulling them out of houses, pulling them out of cars. I don't want to get too graphic but it is certainly a horrendous situation. It went from actually being a terrorist situation to complete um, just animals, really. And it was a horrific situation. And so Israel was kind of caught by surprise because they have really, a lot of them have been focused on the judicial reform and the, the political and the different things. And they're all wrapped up in this and the big, um, 
uh, the where the, the people would come in and protest and everything, and they were all wrapped up in the government, and they kind of let their guard down for just a minute, and that's when the attack hit. And so they broke through the, the barrier down there, and the barrier is protected by, they have cameras on it, and they have drones and stuff, but somehow they got through, and when they got through the gate, they just poured through, and of course it has been horrific. There have been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Israelis killed, and so, and even some of the IDF. Well, what has happened is, is Netanyahu has started hammering, and I say with a sledgehammer, Gaza. What normally happens is that when Israel is going to go in and take out a terrorist uh, building, let's say that they had it was a um, it was a, a command center for Hamas or it was a, a place where they were storing weapons, Israel would actually because Israel has a heart, very humanitarian, they would actually in the past have called the building and said we're getting ready to bomb uh, in we're getting ready to bomb this building get the children out get the women out and and of course what they would do is they would take women and uh children up on the roof and say go ahead and bomb it well then what israel started to do was they started doing what's called the knock on the roof and pinpoint accuracy they would send one missile in that would blow up on the, it wouldn't blow up the building it would blow up on top of the building and they would let them know hey in three to five minutes we're going to level this place that was the knock on the roof well, then they would turn right around and send another missile in and level the building. You can go to YouTube and watch Israel's, the IDF's knock on the roof. And I mean, when I say level a building, there's rocks about that big left from a giant concrete building. And so, well, this time it's so bad that the, the knock on the roof has been thrown out the window. They're just annihilating the buildings. Netanyahu has said, we're going to make it so Hamas can't come back in here in the next 50 years. The Gaza Strip will not look the same. And so they're just going in and they are taking care of business. The problem is, is that I just read before we come on the air that the terrorist proxies, there are some of them still coming in, believe it or not, in different places. And now it has went from the Gaza Strip in the south to there are people that have gotten in in the north up in Lebanon and they've actually some people have actually shot mortars over into Israel and Israel sent 50 jets over there to bomb those places where those were coming off so what they're doing is they're kind of they're kind of setting the stage for what's going to happen in Lebanon they're saying hey look what's going on in Gaza if you do this up here if you do attack from the north then here's what's going to happen to you as well well, all of this stems from Iran. Iran's goal is to implement Sharia law, the Shiite version of uh, Sharia law globally. And in order to do that, they see Israel and the United States as standing in the way of that. They hate Israel. They want to destroy Israel. They've said it many times. Ahmadinejad, all the way back, the Ayatollahs have said, we want to destroy Israel. They want to implement Sharia law globally. Well, so they have terrorist proxies, Hezbollah, uh, Hamas, and different ones, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, even here in the West Bank. And they are saying that, um, that what they've done is they've created what's called the ring of fire around Israel. They have terrorist proxies in Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, even in the West, some in the West Bank, down in Gaza and in Yemen, all around Israel, they've surrounded them. So now they've attacked from the south in Gaza. There's a potential for one in the north. And then 
Uh, I don't even know if anything's going to happen in the in the West Bank yet. Well, we were down in the West Bank in uh, on top of Masada when all of this kicked off. So you can only imagine when our guide got the call and said, get your group. We were going to go to, uh, to Qumran, have lunch, go to the Dead Sea. They called him and said, they're closed. Every, all the parks are closed immediately. And we're heading towards a state of emergency, not a declared war at that point. Get your group and get straight back to the hotel, which is what we did. It was unprecedented. We had never had that happen to any of our group. My father-in-law, Urban Baxter, started coming here in 1979. And that had never happened before to any of our groups. We had never felt anything like that. Well, we got down off of Masada, come straight back to the hotel, because our number one priority was to keep everybody safe. And that's what the IDF, we are... Uh, the guide and everything, they're in contact with the IDF and the military. So they were getting direct information, come home. So we did that. We came back to the hotel. We spent the rest of the day there. And then we had some decisions to make. Do we go out to the airport and try to get out? Well, now that's virtually, uh, it's, it's not impossible, but it's very hard. It's, it might be possible for somebody one or two or three. But for us to bombard the airport with a group of 40-some, and try to get out and get us all on one plane, it would just be chaos. So we prayed, we sought God's face. Many people were praying with us and we believe that we have direction from God. God's kept his hands upon us all the way. And I know we're coming up to a break here. So when we get back from the break, I'll continue with this update. And then our group here that's in Israel with us, they've got a few questions that they wanna ask. So God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for your prayers. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Did you know that the majority of your grocery store's meat aisle was imported from some random country overseas? It's all mystery meat. They even mix it with other meats of different origins. You can never know where that meat came from, and the product of USA sticker just means it was packaged in America, not raised here. Our friends at BackyardButchers.com is delivering American-raised and harvested meat from right here in our American backyards to dinner tables across our nation. Backyard Butchers will only source beef and chicken from American farms and deliver the cuts right to your doorstep every month. Grass-fed and grain-finished tastes amazing, so cut out the frustration from the meat aisle and go to BackyardButchers.com and save an extra 20% off your entire order by using the code ENDTIME or go to backyardbutchers.com slash ENDTIME. With over a half a million happy customers across America and an American-based customer service team of stay-at-home moms, they'll make sure your orders are delivered right on time every single month. So go to backyardbutchers.com slash ENDTIME and buy American meat today and get 20% off your entire order. everybody and I'm providing you an update with what's going on with our uh, the Israeli tour we're actually here in Israel still we kind of got caught in the crossfire we're gonna be trying to get up out of here our flights are scheduled for Sunday morning at 1230 in the morning 1230 p.m. in the morning or 1230 a.m. in the morning so um, so what we want to do I'm providing you an update and there are We've got 41 people with us. God has kept us safe all along the way, but it looks like this thing is not is not uh, going away. And so I know God's got his hands upon us 
and he's protected the group every step of the way but um, we got up today and we actually were able to find some spots that we could go tour we, we were actually able to get into the garden tomb and we went to um we went to actually found a place where we could get a pizza and so god is helping us along the way we went to the um friends of zion uh, if you've ever been to that with mike evans and so a wonderful place and we've got some other places scheduled um as places open up we're hoping to be able to do the um baptism up in the sea of galilee and some different things because we're going to be moving hotels we're going to go to one out by the mediterranean sea so god is blessing us and he's kept his hands upon us however i just received a report because i'm telling you that it's moved way beyond terrorism i just received a report that hamas is claiming that it will implement plans to execute one israeli civilian for each new israeli bombing that occurs without prior warning and the group also states that it will publicly broadcast these executions both audio and visuals now this is what's going on down in gaza netanyahu has been hammering them with a sledgehammer and this is what they're saying they're going to do. So horrific events and um, oh God, I'm asking you to help all of these individuals, help everybody in the IDF and remember us in your prayers, everybody here in Israel. While I was standing here, I had somebody else's phone who I was reading the alert off of and a red alert, which means they, saw, they shot more rockets in. And this afternoon, we're in, we had got back from touring, we went to our hotel, the Dan in Jerusalem, and we hear the sirens go off, and I hear two big booms, and it, which means they intercepted two missiles. Well, two missiles were able to get past those, and they fell in a neighborhood next to the one we were touring yesterday, and they fell on one of their own other one of their own mosques. And so it's just it's craziness over here. I've never been in a situation like this. However. I do serve a God. The Bible says he encamps his angels about them that fear him. I'm asking God to encamp his angels around every individual in the IDF, every person that has been kidnapped down in Gaza, things that are going up in Lebanon. And I ask you to join me in prayer because I know prayer works. And this is, we're fighting and this is evil. We, we do, the Bible says we don't war against flesh and blood or against powers and principality, spiritual wickedness in high places, there is an enemy of Israel. God said 37 times in the Old Testament, I will put my name there in Jerusalem. And there have been 40 major wars fought over this city throughout time. And more than any other city on the planet. And it's because it's as if Satan said, well, if that's where you want your name, I'm gonna fight you for it every step of the way. And so they've been trying to take over Jerusalem and Israel. It's just, you can see this thing playing out. Now, one, one prophetic update that I want to, um, to share with you. A lot of people have asked, could this lead to the sixth trumpet war? You know that the first five trumpets have already occurred. That's, that would be World War I, World War II, the Chernobyl nuclear accident, the speeding up of time with the process of globalization, the tearing down of the balloon wall in 1989, and then the fifth trumpet with the Iraq war with Saddam Hussein. So one of the next events to occur on God's prophetic timeline is the sixth trumpet war. That's going to be World War III. There were just over 8 million killed in World War I, just over 52 million killed in World War II, and the Bible says that loose, this is uh, Revelation 9, verse uh, 13 through 21. 
loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates for to kill a third part of mankind. And the Bible says, I heard the number of the army of them and it was 200 million soldiers. So we know that one of the next events on God's prophetic timeline is this World War III to kill one third of all of mankind. It is horrific. I don't want it to happen, but the Bible says it's going to happen. It's going to emanate out of the Euphrates River region, which is housed in Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. Well, here we are in Israel right now, and Iran is the head of the snake. All of these terrorist proxies, Hezbollah, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Hamas in the south, they are Iranian terrorist proxies. Iran is the number one terrorist uh, organization on the planet and so they are the head of the snake well I've asked several people all they're doing right now is nipping at the tail of the snake going down with Hamas and Hezbollah because if they were to kill all of them more will come in they're coming they're being funded by Iran so here's the deal when we our when the United States of America gives billions of pull sanctions off of Iran to try to get some frivolous nonsense nuclear deal like the JCPOA which Donald Trump pulled us out of and Joe Biden's trying to strike another deal when we pull the sanction off of Iran and send them billions and billions of dollars do you think that money goes to help the people of Iran absolutely not what do you think the number one terrorist uh, organization on the planet is going to do with those billions of dollars that the United States sent them they're gonna fund terrorism with that. So imagine what's going on right now. Who is helping to fund what's going on in the Gaza Strip? World government enthusiasts want to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. Central bank digital currencies essentially allows the government to track every purchase you make. Now they could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze or seize part or all of your money like we saw in Canada. In essence, CBDCs enable the government to take more control over your finances. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, go to birchgold.com slash endtime to get your free info kit on gold. If you have an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold. You don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. So go to birchgold.com slash endtime and claim your free info kit on gold today, allowing some protection for yourself if digital currency becomes a reality and requirement for all. You see what's going on in the world, everybody? Well, Israel now is nipping at the terrorist proxies, but will it ever go away? No, it won't. We can annihilate Gaza, but they've got the ring of fire. So I asked several people today, will Israel go after Iran? And I heard a resounding, no, there's 0% of that. Well, the fact is, at some point, you've got to cut off the head of the snake, folks. And the problem is, is that in going after the head of the snake, Iran has some people who they are have signed agreements with and they have allies just like the united states is an ally with israel which is very prophetic iran has allies with russia with china with north korea so if we were to go if i'm, I'm speaking about israel if israel was to go at the head of the snake tonight 
to cut off the head of the snake. Well, guess who's going to come and help them? Just like if um, the United States coming to help Israel. We've um, brought uh, some of our major um, battleships and different things out here in the Med, the Mediterranean Sea, right outside Israel, to let everybody know, to let Iran know we're here to help Israel. The fact of the matter is, if we were, if I, Israel was to go after Iran right now, here's guess who's going to come? Russia, China. Well, the Bible says, loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates, four to kill a third part of mankind, and there will be a 200 million man army that participates in that war. Well, there's only three entities on the planet that can fill an army of 200 million soldiers. India, the Islamic faction on the planet, and China. So, could this lead to a World War III situation? It certainly could. Now, can I say will it 100%? No, I cannot. <coughs> I can't say that at this point, but I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt from the Old Testament prophets, Zechariah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and many others, all the way to Revelation chapter 22, World War III and the Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement are the next two things, next two events to be fulfilled on God's prophetic timeline. Everything else that is supposed to have been fulfilled up to this point that's already taken place, folks. We're so, people ask me all the time, what are we, are, are we in the end time? And I'm saying, you got to be kidding me. All these things are happening, but it's the same thing that happened back with the first coming of Jesus Christ. Because they did not understand the prophecies, those messianic prophecies, many folks missed the first coming of, of Jesus Christ to the earth and who he really was. Well, now we've got about a thousand prophecies concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ. And because many people don't understand, these events are happening and they're blowing right by people. And it's happening around us all the time. We're watching the ongoing fulfillment of Bible prophecies. And some people still ask, are we in the end time? Folks, I think you know that we absolutely are in the end time. The second coming of Jesus Christ is just ahead of us. And we've got to prepare ourselves for that. There's a sense of urgency in me to reach this world for the cause of Jesus Christ. I've got to teach, the, Jesus said in Matthew 24, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached into the whole world, then the end will come. The end he's talking about is not after the great white throne of judgment, it's the end of the world. He's talking about the end of the age here. The disciples earlier in the chapter said, well, what's going to be the sign of your coming in of the end of this age? And he says, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world, then the end of this age will come. Well, folks, we're right here. We're living through this stuff right now. And so it's very important. I wanted to talk to you about that and give you an update where we're at. Yes, we are. I do believe God will allow us to fly up out of here on Sunday morning. But the fact of the matter is we're still leaving behind a country that I love. People that I love. These are people. And so I have many, many, many friends here. And so I don't want to see what Hamas is talking about doing, I don't want to see that happen. I'm asking God to put a hedge of protection around the IDF and to, to stop the violence. And so I'm asking you to join with me uh, in prayer that God would help us um, to minister to people and to help people all along the way. And um, especially the people that live down along Gaza and the people that live up in the north along the Lebanese uh, border. We were actually, our tour group, every year, when we take a tour group, we go up to Caesarea Philippi and up to Tel Dan, and we go up and we stand at the fence. We're right there, standing at the fence, looking over into Lebanon, and then we go up into the Golan Heights and look over into the Syrian Overlook with the UN encampment up there. 
Now, obviously, we're probably not going to be able to do that this year uh, because it's it, Israel has heavy defense forces up there already, and it's horribly dicey. There's no way we'll even be able to go close to that. But we need to pray for these individuals, pray for the peace of Israel, because they're fighting a spiritual battle is what this really all it's all about. And that spiritual battle is going to be with Israel all the way to the end, to the point at the Battle of Armageddon, the global governing body, a United Nations coalition force will come down against Israel. And that's going to culminate within a couple miles of here in the Kidron Valley between the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives. So this is what we're facing tonight, folks. In America, I know a lot of us live in a bubble. I was born and raised, I was born in 68. I'm 55 years old. And I've never faced anything like I'm facing right now. And I've had many people, when the sirens go off, we went downstairs, we got in a, in a, a kind of like a, a shelter area. And when we come out, somebody said to me and my wife, welcome to our world. It's never happened to me in America. We, are, we and it's, I almost want to start bawling because to be, live in a situation like this and knowing that Satan is the main perpetrator behind all of this, for Hamas to be able to do this, I don't know if a human's mind can go there without being possessed by Satan. This is satanic what's going on. And so we're fighting a spiritual battle against these people. How do we fight spiritual battles? We get on our knees. We ask God. We fast. We pray. Because that's really what Israel needs right now. Israel, yeah, you can send a million dollars and it wouldn't help what's going on with Hamas down there. We need to fight this spiritual battle. So I'm asking you, all of our listeners, everybody watching us, to join with us in prayer. Because we're going to be leaving but they'll be left here with this situation and it doesn't look like it's letting up. And so I, you know, Hamas is just a, a completely satanic organization, but the head of the snake is Iran. And that's what we need to watch moving forward. Remember the six trumpet war. This is very prophetic. Even if this doesn't lead to that, there will be a situation someday before very long that leads. And the Bible says, watch these four nations, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. Those are the four nations that house the, the Euphrates River. Those are the things that we need to be watching. I know I understand about Russia and Ukraine. I understand about China and Taiwan. And I'm following both of those. I have from the beginning. But the thing is, the Bible says that it will emanate out of the Middle East region. You can see how fast this kicked off. We Everything was fine the first day we toured. When we went to the Mount of Olives and different things, everything was great. Peaceful. We got beautiful. The skies are beautiful. The weather's perfect over here. But then on Saturday, everything changed on a dime. <clears throat> and so it's very important that we understand what's going on. All of the major conflicts in the world are prophetic. Think about them. The world government, the world religion, this world war, the coming Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement, and the the uh, Saudi Arabia-Israeli normalization, and everything that's happening right now, precursors to, to a great end-time revival, the establishment of a global economic sanctioning system, moving us off of cash and shekels and all the other physical currencies, and moving us onto a system of digital currency, central bank digital currencies where they would be able to economically sanction any person on the earth individually that's the aim and it's all very prophetic so there's your update from israel 
pray that God would stop the violence because I don't want to see another Israeli killed. And I know you don't as well. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. And um, I, I do have a tour group with me, and I, I want to give them a chance to ask some questions. It's going to be kind of like an open line, but with our group here with us. And uh, above all, keep us in prayer. Uh, things aren't over yet. We're fixing to move um, hotels out to uh, out on the Mediterranean Sea, and we're going to travel from there and go do do some different things. We'll be up in the northern region. And I just told you about Hezbollah and things that are happening up there. So we're going to do everything that we can. All of the parks in Israel have been closed down. And so uh, all of the major sites are closed. They, they told me that the Temple Mount probably won't be open for a couple months. Because when these things start up, then the Islamic walk phones that start joins to rise up and it's just a mess. So the fact of the matter is, is that, I, you know, the Temple Mount, we wanted to go there, but we're not going to be able to go there on this trip. It's wartime in Israel. So keep us in your prayers, keep Israel in your prayers. And I know we've got prayer chains going on around the world for what's going on here. And um, I love these people. I'm not just saying that uh, for sensationalism. We truly love these people. We're heavily invested in Israel and we wanna ask God to stop the violence immediately uh, because it's a spiritual battle. Okay, so with that said, uh, we wanna get some questions from our group here. And uh, we got people from all over the United States. We got some people that met us here from Australia, uh, from down under, and some great friends of ours, the Loose Moors. And so we want to um, have them ask us some questions. And uh, if I can come up with some answers, then we'll uh, <laughs> we'll have a great program here. So um, my wife, Jana, who's here with me, uh, my faithful sidekick for 35 years now, she's going to be bringing the uh, callers on. So uh, Jana, who do we have first? Ken from Arizona. Okay, Ken, uh, what's your question? Thank you, Dave. First of all, thank you for your passion. Thank you for your passion and your leadership. Uh, quick question. We know in World War II that one third of the Jews um, that populated the earth, approximately one third, uh, were killed in World War II. And in World War III, one third of all mankind will be killed. Yes. Is there any relationship between that, those, those two uh, numbers in the Bible? No, no. So scripturally i don't see the one-third of the jews being killed in there scripturally however the one-third of the of the world's population um is in there and i talked about that in revelation 9 verse 13 to 21. um so 
will the the i think the question would be is the is israel going to be involved in world war three i can't prove that scripturally it may not be israel involved because israel is going to be here all the way through and the war emanated emanating out of the middle east region that's going to be the sixth trumpet war israel is going to be involved in the battle of armageddon there's two wars coming ahead of us the Six Trumpet War and the Battle of Armageddon, the, the Battle of Gog and Magog. So for everybody listening, the Battle of Gog and Magog, Ezekiel chapter 37 and 38, Zechariah chapter 12, 13 and 14, and Revelation 16 the, is all the Battle of Armageddon. The only time the Six Trumpet War is mentioned is Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. So there are two separate wars. The Bible, because some people get them confused because of the Euphrates River tie-in. The Bible says, in Revelation 9, 13 through 21, loose the four angels bound to the great river Euphrates. That's the sixth trumpet war. At the end, that happens before the great tribulation. At the end of the great tribulation is when the battle of Gog and Magog, the great, uh, the battle of Armageddon occurs. And the Bible says at the sixth vial in Revelation 16, that the great river Euphrates will be dried up to make way for the kings of the east to come down against Israel to battle. So everybody kind of gets the Euphrates River and the wars kind of mixed up, but they're two separate wars. The war from the uh, World War III will start in the Euphrates River region, but it's going to spread out around the world and it's going to kill one third of all of the world's population. The Battle of Armageddon, they're going to come down across the Euphrates River, come down through Syria, and the battle will be engaged in the plain of Megiddo in the north of Israel come down the Jordan Valley. We were down in the Jordan Valley uh, just the other day and everybody here saw it was flat as a pancake. They're gonna come fighting down that valley right up into Jerusalem. We were on the road that they will use to come up into Jerusalem and end in the Kidron Valley. We, our tour group walked down the Kidron Valley the other day. So it's gonna be localized right here in Israel, the Battle of Armageddon. And so um, it's, it's two different things there. However, uh, the third of the Jews that were killed, I don't think we, that I can, you know, I can tie that into a prophecy in the Bible, but certainly the one third of mankind that will be destroyed um, is Revelation 9, verse 13 to 21. Uh, thank you, Ken, for the question. Uh, who's next, Jan? Cheryl from New Hampshire. Cheryl from New Hampshire. Uh, welcome, Cheryl. Hi, Dave. Um, the United States has always been a really good friend of Israel's, and I was really happy to hear President Biden's strong statement that he made the other day. But many people wonder what's going to happen to the United States in the end time and whether or not we're in the Bible or we're mentioned at all. Sure. Uh, it's a great question. So I, uh, well, let me tell you where it's found in the Bible and then we'll get into the Biden situation. Um, the United States in the Bible. So Revelation chapter seven, or Daniel chapter seven, Daniel saw four beasts. He saw a lion with eagle's wings, a bear, a four-headed leopard, and a ten-horned beast. In Daniel 7, verses 17 and 23, he said that these beasts symbolize kingdoms, or in modern-day terminology, a nation, and the leader of that nation. And it says that those beasts will be on the earth at the time when the Ancient of Days comes back, comes to establish his kingdom here on the earth. Well, we know the Ancient of Days is Jesus Christ. If you tie all the prophecies in together, it's easily proven. So these nations will be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ when he comes to establish his kingdom here on the earth. Well, so who are these modern day nations? And I, I could get into the Daniel 2 and all that, and the mirrored image and all that. They're simply, Daniel 7 is not a mirror image of Daniel 2. We may talk about that in the future. And if I have time, if I have to have time I'll answer that question. However, Daniel 7, what are these modern day nations? A modern day nation of the lion is Great Britain. 
Go look in the dictionary under the lion. Many times it will tell you this is the modern day symbol of Great Britain. And then the Bible says um, that the eagle's wing, that the lion had eagle's wings growing out of it, and that the eagle's wings were uh, plucked out of the lion. Daniel saw this in Daniel 7, 4, and that the eagle's wings were made stand upon a feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. So what nation on the earth was taken out of the modern-day nation of the lion, Great Britain, what other nation that has the symbol of an eagle? Well, of course, that's the United States of America. And then, of course, it said he had that one of them was a bear, which is Russia. One of them is the four-headed leopard, which is Germany. One of them is the ten-horned beast, which is the current European Union or the reborn Holy Roman Empire. Now, if you 650 years later, that was written by Daniel in down in um, Babylonian and um, uh, Medes and Persians captivity. Well, 650 years later, when John is exiled out on the Isle of Patmos. He, God gives him visions and dreams and things that would come in the future. But when we get to Revelation 13, he's going to expose Satan's effort to establish his kingdom here on the earth. So he says, I saw a beast. Daniel saw four separate beasts. In John's account, in John's prophecy, he says, I saw a beast, a single beast, come up out of the sea. And this beast had seven heads and ten horns. And the Bible says that it had the body of the leopard, Germany, the feet of the bear, Russia, the mouth of the lion, Great Britain, and the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom, or the European Union, the reborn Holy Roman Empire. So that lets us know the major nations that will be involved in a federalized world governing body, a federalized group of nations, will be a European centered, not the BRICS and not China and all this other, it's gonna be a European centered entity. And we can see power swinging over there today and so but that's the world governing beast the thing is what happened to the eagle's wings the eagle's wings that were plucked out of the lion representing the united states of america they're not mentioned in revelation 13 as being part of that world governing body well if you jump back one chapter to revelation chapter 12 there is a war in heaven at that point it happens three and a half years prior to the second coming of jesus christ the, the Bible says Michael and his archangels fight against Satan and his angels, which still have access to heaven as we speak. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. He's accuser, accusing the brethren day and night right now. And the Bible says that Michael and his archangels overcome Satan and his angels, and their punishment is that they're bound to the earth. No more access to heaven. And... The, they, the Bible says, um, rejoice you that are in heaven, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because Satan comes down unto you having great wrath, and he persecutes the woman in that chapter with 12 stars around her head, which is Israel, and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the church. That's going to be the great tribulation. It's describing it. But the Bible specifically says, here's the key verse, uh, Cheryl, in Revelation 12, 14, that the woman is carried away on the wings of a great eagle where she is nursed in her place for time, times, and half a time. Times is one year. I'm sorry, time is one year. Times is two years. Half a time is half a year. This is the three and a half year duration of the Great Tribulation. That's Revelation 12, 14. So it lets us know conclusively that the United States will not be part of the world governing body in the end time, and that we will stand with and protect Israel all the way through the end time. Tell me another nation on the planet right now 
that has come to Israel's aid with what's going on with Hamas and Lebanon right now, the United States of America, even under the Biden administration. The Biden administration has done so many horrific things, I could, name, I could spend the rest of the night naming all of them. The thing is, there is something about this nation that God said that eagle will protect. And now we have battleships and different things coming in the Mediterranean Sea right now on behalf of Israel saying we will protect her. Now this, with what's going on out here, I, Israel can handle that. But if it really escalated, it's possible. I don't know if they would bring in Israeli soldiers, boots on the ground. I think that probably would be unprecedented. I don't know. But the thing is, is that the Bible says we will protect Israel all the way throughout the end time. The eagle is, is Israel's number one ally on the planet. Israel is our number one ally on the planet. And I know that even during the, the, the if you look back as far as you want, Israel, I mean, uh, Republican or Democrat, independent, it doesn't matter. The United States has stood with Israel. And the Bible says we're going to do that all the way through the end. I know it looks impossible, but when I give everybody the scenario that the Bible talks about the Berlin Wall being torn down as well, and that the, when the Berlin Wall would come down, the two Germanys would reunite, and that would be the catalyst that would launch us into a new world order. It looked impossible before that event happened. My father-in-law put it in a book in 86, in 89, when Gorbachev stood before that wall and said, or when um, Reagan stood before the wall and said, if you, tear, if you want peace like you say you do, Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Gorbachev did tear the wall down and stood and applauded because he knew that socialism was going to be ended pretty much globally after that. And that was his goal, to get a hold of the economy of the world, then to implement communism. He stood and applauded. Well, the fact of the matter was, is that event looked impossible before that prophecy come to pass. Well, just like when, just like now, people would say, well, during the Biden administration, look at what he's doing. He's siding with Iran. He's doing all this other stuff. Well, on one hand, he's giving Iran billions of dollars. On the other hand, he's sending his military in to protect Israel. It sounds crazy. Well, we're talking about Biden. And so the thing is, is that God, Almighty God told John 2,000 years ago, you write in this book that the eagle will stand with the woman with 12 stars around her head, Israel, all the way to the end. And that's exactly what's going to happen. So that's prophecy 101. And so the United States will stand, even though it may look impossible right now, regardless of Republican, Democrat, that's out the window. We're going to stand with Israel all the way throughout the end time. So thank you, Cheryl, for the question. We'll get right back to the questions when we get back from the break. God bless each and every one of you. And remember Israel in your prayers. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. 
It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. God bless everybody and, and welcome back to our special edition of the End Time Show. We're in Israel. I have a tour group of about 40 uh, people with me and God's blessing us. He's opening doors for us to continue to tour and I'm not going to let what Satan's doing stop what God wants to do. We came over here to journey uh, through the land of Israel and I believe God's with us. He's keeping his hand upon us. He's opened doors where we shouldn't have been able to get into. And we've been able to see those sites because some people save their entire life to come here once. And I don't want Satan to put a stop to that. And I know we're gonna be going up in North and it looks like we'll be able to take a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee tomorrow and some different things, even though there are horrific, or maybe in the next few days, there are horrific things happening on the North and Southern border. Israel is doing their job at the IDF to protect and they are in harm's way as we speak. So we need to keep, even though we're standing here in an air conditioning room and talking to you, there are people on the front lines that are down there trying to protect this country. And so I want God to keep his hands up on all of them. So remember them in your prayers, especially. Okay, we're gonna get right back to the questions here from our tour group. Uh, Jan, who we got? Mark from India. Mark, uh, what's your question, my friend? Thank you, Dave. I, I have kind of this, uh, I know we talked a lot about the Israeli peace agreement. Can you expand a little bit on that? I, I know that's gonna set the, the tone for the, the seven years. So uh, kind of elaborate a little bit on what needs to be in place for that to take place. Yes, sir. So the, the peace agreement that Mark is talking about is Daniel chapter nine, verse 24 through 27. God talked to Daniel about, he said 490 years will be pertaining specifically to your people. And he said that, um, he gives a, a description, several things would happen in that 490 year period. It began from the going forth of the commandment to build the temple with King Cyrus when they were coming back to build the second temple after they'd been in 70 years of captivity. And that's when it began. But that's, it's from 490 years from there is not when it's going to end. There were gaps, there were two gaps in that 490 year period. And there was a seven year or a seven years of weeks, seven, seven years of weeks, a 449 year period. And then um, there was a second time period and that went all the way up to 483 years. And then there was a final one, a final seven year period. And there were gaps in between there. Well, the, at the end of that, um, the 62 year, the 62 week period, the Bible says the Messiah would be cut off and the city of um, Jerusalem, the temple in the city of Jerusalem would be destroyed. Well, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that happened in 70 AD under the Roman general Titus. But then it's the final seven year period. When is that going to happen? Well, if you go to Daniel nine verses 27, the Bible says, and he, the Antichrist, that's who it's referring to, shall confirm the covenant with many for a final seven year period. 
It's, it's, it's a final uh, period of seven, but it's a seven-year period. I'm not going to take time to prove that. You just got to trust me here. Um, I've written so many articles on this, and we've talked about it many times on the radio. But for the sake of time, it's a final seven-year period. Most of the prophecy teachers recognize it's Daniel's 70th week. So what starts that final seven-year uh, period? It, did it happen 2,000 years ago? Is it going to happen 1,000 years from now? Who knows? Well, if you uh, again, I talked about that big timeline from the Old Testament prophets to the second coming of Jesus Christ. All of these events that God laid out would happen on this timeline. The next two to occur are the World War III and this peace agreement. So, how do we know what the peace agreement is going to look like? Because the well, so Jesus said that when you see. The Bible says in Daniel 9.27 that uh, the Antichrist would commit the abomination of desolation. The abomination of desolation, and it's spoken of, it's it's really a definition is given for us in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is when the Antichrist will stand in a rebuilt Jewish temple proclaiming to be God. Okay, so Jesus said in Matthew 24, when you see that event occur, let them which be in Judea flee. For them will be great tribulation. Well, I know if you look at the duration, every time the Bible talks about the duration of the great tribulation, it's three and a half years. Some places calls it 1260 days. Some places is 42 months. Some places is time, time, and the half a time or the dividing of time. It's all three and a half years, every single time. There's, I think there's six specific scriptures that tell us the length of the great tribulation. The great tri tribulation is not seven years. It's three and a half years. But there is a final seven-year period. So Jesus said, when you see that event occur, the abomination of desolation, there's three and a half years left. So I know from when I, we're talking about the rebuilding of a Jewish temple and different things that will happen in the near future, when I see a, a, a global governing figure stand in a rebuilt Jewish temple and proclaim to be God, that we've got about three and a half years left to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus said that would happen um, three and a half years prior to his second coming. Okay, well, I know that if you add another three and a half years prior to that, that's the final seven years because the Bible says that this peace agreement will start the final seven-year period. The Antichrist will confirm a covenant for a seven-year period. Halfway through that would be the abomination of desolation. That's exactly what Jesus talked about. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in Matthew 24, that when you see the abomination of desolation occur, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, he references the exact event. I don't want to break this pulpit thing here, but um, so the thing is, is that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, there will be a peace agreement signed between Israeli and the Palestinians. How do I know that? Because the Bible, what event, what is the, what's the covenant that he's confirming? It's the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant is when God promised Abram, before his name was changed to Abraham, Abram in Genesis 15, a, a promised land between the river in Egypt and the great river Euphrates in the north. He said, I will give you this land. I'm making a covenant with you through your inheritance, through Abraham, I, uh, through, um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and that lineage, not Ishmael, but Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and that lineage forever. So the Antichrist will confirm the covenant. What is that? The Antichrist will confirm Israel's right to exist in the Middle East. Well, who's he confirming they, and against? Who are they going to sign a peace agreement with? It's not the international community, because the international community doesn't want Israel. 
the Palestinians are the other entity that are seeking for their land. And so Jesus said, this is how I know it's going to be the Palestinians. Because Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation occur, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee. Why? Because them would be great tribulation, such as never was before or never will be again. He specifically mentions Judea. He's saying there's going to be a volatile situation out in Judea. And so that's how we know it's going to be because nobody else, who else is buying for the land out there? It's the Palestinians, the PA, the Palestinian Authority. You hear about Mahmoud Abbas and all those guys. So the peace agreement is going to be that the Antichrist will confirm will be between the Israelis and the Palestinians. So how do we know what the peace agreement is going to look like? Because there have been other peace agreements. Israel signed a, a, a peace agreement with Egypt. Israel signed one with Jordan. We had the Y River Accords, the um, Oslo Peace Accords. We have the Abraham Accords. How do we know that that didn't start? Because there are five biblical characteristics that let us know exactly which peace agreement it is. When we see a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians, number one, there's gonna be a two-state solution created as a result of that. Now, a big majority of these, I think at least, I think four of them were in the peace to prosperity plan with Donald Trump. Now, of course that was never signed, but when we looked at that, I thought, man, that's awful close, but he didn't get it signed. However, when we see a peace agreement in the near future that is, that allows for these five characteristics, we'll know. There's gonna be a two-state solution created. The Jews that are living out in the West Bank, we've been out in the West Bank since we've been here. The West Bank starts just on the backside of the Mount of Olives, it goes all the way to the Jordan uh, border. So the Jews living out there, the settlers as they're called in the news today, they will be allowed to live out there as a, a um, as a Jewish minority in that Palestinian state. I know that looks impossible, but I've also I've actually heard Netanyahu say that in a future peace agreement, we would give them the option. When Ariel Sharon gave the, get this, Ariel Sharon gave the Gaza Strip back to them as a trading land for peace. Well, look at what's happening in the South right now. That's the Gaza Strip. That's what you get when you try to trade Israeli land for peace. And so that but that's what's going to happen in the near future well the problem is there's going to be an uprising jesus said when you see an antichrist standing in that rebuilt jewish temple proclaiming to be god let them which be in judea flee it's right out here so there will be jews that are allowed to live out there as a jewish minority out in that palestinian state that's number two the, also the temple mount is going to be placed under a sharing arrangement how in the world do you know that that looks impossible right just like the United States protecting Israel. Well, the Bible says in Revelation 11, one and two, John measure the temple, but don't measure the outer court because it will be trodden down to the Gentiles for 42 months. You say, well, hold on a minute. How's that gonna happen? Well, number one, he's talking about a third Jewish temple because the book of Revelation was written in about 95 to 96 AD when he was exiled out on the Isle of Patmos. And the second temple had already been destroyed at that point. It was destroyed in 70 AD, right? By the Roman general Titus. So he was prophesying about a third temple that would be rebuilt. And he said, John was told, measure this third temple, but don't measure the outer court because it will be trodden down to the Gentiles. It's gonna be divided. There's gonna be a, a um, sharing arrangement. 
Well, just the other day, there was a member of the Knesset that proposed, let's solve this thing. Let's just share it, divide the Temple Mount. I'm talking about a 2,000-year-old prophecy, everybody, and he was proposing that. It's been proposed more than once. He was saying that the Muslim waqf could control the lower portion where the Al-Aqsa Mosque is, and that Israel could control the, the, the northern big platform where the Dome of the Rock is and potentially build a third temple. I'm telling you, folks, it was just proposed within the last six months. And so Revelation 11, 1 and 2, that's another characteristics of the peace agreement that would allow for the sharing of the Temple Mount. Years ago, I talked to a friend of ours here in Israel called Yehuda Glick. He came and speak to the group. Many of you may know him. And um, I said, Yehuda, if there was a peace agreement signed in the near future that would allow Israel to build her third temple. Well, he's one of the main proponents of building a third temple. He's one of the guys that tried to sacrifice every year and they'd ban him from the temple mount and he'd go, and they, then they'd let him back in six, six months or a year later and he'd go back up here and try to sacrifice again. He, he is a, I mean, he's just a, a, a very, a, a firebrand for Israel. Well, so he told me, he said, Dave, he said, we believe that when the time comes, God will remove the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque. He said, however, this was a giant however. He said, however, if somehow in a future peace agreement, we were allowed to build our third synagogue, he called, they would call the temple a synagogue. If we were allowed to build that, he said, we would be willing to share the Temple Mount. My father-in-law, we were like, I told the group, I said, did you hear what he just said? He's one of the firebrands in Israel. He used to be a member of the Knesset here. And he said we would be willing potentially to share the Temple Mount. Well, I'm telling you, Revelation 11, 1 and 2 said that's exactly what's going to happen. That's one of the characteristics of the final peace agreement. And then, oh man. Uh, so uh, number four is that the Israel will be allowed to build her third temple. And um, the fifth one is that Israel will retain control of Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, all the way throughout. That is in Zechariah chapter 14. The Bible says at the Battle of Armageddon, half of the city will go forth into captivity. So God bless each and every one of you from Israel. Keep us in your prayers. We love you. Remember Israel in your prayers today. God bless.